Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, we are gonna redefine success with a nationally known expert. Her journey, just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Curley, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, you know my journey. You just saw it. Uh, 25 years in TV news, and, and I had reached the top of the little hill I was climbing called Local TV News Reporter. I wasn't going to be promoted to anchor. And, and to, to be honest with you, I wasn't fulfilled anymore. I, I, I had to redefine success for myself, and, and so I quit. It was the, the scariest thing I've ever done, and, and I'm so glad that I did it. Somebody who knows a little something about that, Laura Gassner Odding. She is an author, speaker, and coach, and now my friend. Thanks Hello. for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Tell me your journey. How did you get into um, the success game? <laughs> well, so for 20 years, I worked as an executive recruiter, and it was my job to call the most successful people on the planet. So I would call them because they were super successful. But despite all that success, they weren't very happy, which is why they were calling me back. And I became fascinated by this question of why doesn't success equal happiness. And when I sold my executive search firm to the women who helped me build it, I started studying this question. I started thinking about my own career. I started thinking about the career of those who I was not able to recruit away. And what I realized was that we're all handed this definition of success. Somebody said to you, Jeff, success is becoming the anchor. And so you spend your entire career trying to figure out how do I become the anchor? How do I become the anchor? And then one day you realize that you weren't going to, and maybe you didn't want to. And now you have this whole other career, which is amazing and exciting and fulfilling. And it's because you stopped defining success externally and figured out what success means to you. And I think your, your message is probably even more timely now than when you, when you wrote your first book because of COVID. Everybody was put on lockdown. They suddenly had to look at their life and say, am I happy? That's why there's so much quiet quitting going on right now. Yes. Uh, she's an amazing speaker. She's given TED Talks. She's been on all the national news. Let's go ahead and roll her sizzle reel. What would it feel like to be truly limitless? for the very best version of yourself to be the one that shows up all the time for the people you love, for the causes you hold dear, for those companies that you want to build. What do you need to do today to become that version of you? And most importantly, what would be the cost if you don't? People are stuck. They're frustrated. They don't quite know why they aren't making progress towards the solution, whether they're trying to meet their goals in their families or their companies. We all have these goals that we want in our life and we make these excuses to know that they can imagine success. Because once you've imagined it, you can't unimagine it. You see yourself in that role and you want it. You get the hunger for it. It's like a seed and it starts germinating in your mind and in your heart. 
the secret is that none of us have a net because that's the thing, that fear of the failure, that pain that you're experiencing, that's what stops you from reaching your goals. And so if we can all talk about it, if it's this real thing, and we can all collectively have that moment when we talk to audience members about how to accomplish their dreams, how to make anything happen, you have to know when they're ready to make that leap. And I think what makes me different as a speaker is that I have this attitude, it's this fearless attitude. Everybody who's sitting in the audience is just as afraid of messing up as I am. Everyone that's in the audience is just as afraid of not meeting their goals, not respecting their loved ones enough, disappointing people around them, maybe not reaching their ultimate potential. I spent 20 years doing executive search for people who were at the very top of their game. And they were super successful, which is why I was talking to them as a headhunter. They weren't always happy, which is why they were talking to me. Based not only on these two decades, but on a three-year research project for Limitless, with almost 6,000 responses from more than 74 countries from before, during, and after the pandemic, as well as 100 additional in-depth interviews that I did for Wonder Health. Success may not be the thing that we think it's gonna be when we get there. Success may look totally different, but it's still gonna be success. And from the woman redefining success and discovering what it really means to be happy. She's a motivational speaker and author of some simple tips to improve your own success. The best-selling author of Limitless. Inspirational author, Laura Gassner Otting. One of my favorite books, Limitless, Laura Gassner Otting. Live your best life, carve your own path. We all need that sometimes. Laura Gassner Otting wants you to ignore the rules that created your limits and do the work that really matters so you can live your best life. We can't be insatiably hungry for someone else's goals. So how do we define success for ourselves and lean into that with everything we have? We can finally get past our uncertainties and learn to conquer our doubt. We can own our ambition and dream bigger than we ever thought possible. And when we've learned how to stand confidently in the center of our purpose and do our most meaningful work, we finally get to enjoy the ride. This is who I am, and this is what I do. Laura, this is so profound because I think about, you know, the game that they're playing in Hollywood. Uh, we look at arguably some of the most successful actors on the planet, and they are insecure because Tom Cruise has never won a best, uh, you know, best actor award. Um, Tom Hanks hasn't won any major awards in 20, 30 years. So even these, you know, gods of, of Hollywood are still insecure and, and probably not as happy as we think they might be. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And I, cause I think we hold up this external validation as the thing that we need. When I ran my company, my last company, I remember thinking I can either maximize profit, I can maximize input or I can, or impact, or I can maximize personal freedom and flexibility in my life. And so every decision I made was based on, I want to maximize impact in the world. And I want to maximize the flexibility to be there with, for my young family. And wouldn't you know, Jeff, the maximizing of profit also came. But if I had run that company based on what the external world said, which is bigger, better, faster, more, and all I was doing is trying to maximize profit, I never would have gotten the impact or the flexibility. And I think we have to stop, especially now after the pandemic, when so many of us are saying, when life goes back to normal, is the normal I'm going back to really the life I want? And asking, well, 
the most important word of that is the I, right? I, is it the life I want? Not somebody else, not my teacher, not my parent, not celebrities, not all these external people, but what am I actually looking for? What's gonna make me feel whole? Yes, and, and I can relate to that because I know so many doctors who hate medicine and so many lawyers who hate the law. We're gonna go down your website because it's beautifully put together. You told me that you actually did some I of this. Did. Right? I did, I built it myself. Which is amazing. <laughs> you probably have another career as a web designer. It's beautiful, but uh, tell me what you're seeing when you speak uh, it must be really resonating with every audience you speak to these days. Uh, can you feel it in the room? I can feel it in the room. You know, I I get on stage and, you know, I have this big career, right? I worked in the White House. I ran my own company. I had a successful sale. It feels a little intimidating, right? Like it's inspirational. It's aspirational, but it feels a little bit remote. So the first thing I do when I get on stage is I tell my own story. I tell a story of being so sick. I didn't even know if I could walk 10 feet, let alone run a marathon. And so the first thing I do is I make myself relatable on stage. And when I do that, the audience suddenly sees themselves in me. It's not about, here's this amazing thing. It's about, have you ever been stuck? Mm. Well, I've been stuck too. And let me talk to you about how I got unstuck. And what I learned over 20 years of executive search helps other people get unstuck as well. So I think, you know, when I can walk that line between inspirational and aspirational and relatable, then the audience members lean forward. Mm. They, 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 you can feel their emotion in the room. And especially if you're in a room of 5,000 people, they're hooting and they're hollering and they're talking back and they're cheering. And it just, it's funny because it's scary to speak in public. And I walk out on stage wearing head to toe yellow or a head to toe, <laughs> and it's hard to play small when you're wearing head to toe yellow, but you don't have to be brave for 60 minutes. You have to be brave for 60 seconds. Mm. And then the audience gives you their love back and then you give them your love and suddenly it's all you need. And it just, the whole energy carries forward. Yes. And I'm so proud of you for your TEDx uh, talk. Let's go ahead and show some of this video because you really touched a nerve with this thing. I, I, something like a million views. I mean, just I, crazy. Yeah. I think it's like at 900,000, it'll be at a million views probably in a month. And, you know, I think the talk is all about this moment when you realize you're made for more. And I think everybody can relate to having a moment where they realize that what they've been doing has, is only prologue. It's only the beginning of their story. And yes. if they could lean into the rest of their story, there's so much more that's out there. And so I think my talk is an invitation. And uh, so I'm sort of throwing the gauntlet down to dare people to live into the fullest version of themselves. Yes. I want to talk about uh, both of your books. So we'll start with the first one, Limitless. Tell us about that book. So Limitless is very specifically based on the 20 years in executive search. So those people who I couldn't actually recruit away, the ones who were successful and happy, and it was only a handful of the thousands of people that I called. And what I realized was what they had was not success. They had consonants, this alignment, this flow. You know, Jeff, the moments where the very best of what you do is being called upon to solve a problem you actually care about, and you're being rewarded for solving that problem in a way that is financially, emotionally, karmically resonant for you. Mm. Those are the moments where you feel like you can walk through walls, you can leap over tall buildings. That's when you're in consonants. That's when you're limitless. And so the book talks about four things, calling, connection, contribution, and control that any one of us need at, at different points 
in our lives. You may need more or less of one or the other, but you need a little bit of all four. And so the book lays out a framework about how to change your work, change your, your life, or change yourself in order to have that kind of confidence. Okay, your second book, due out very soon, Wonder Hell. I just love the name of the book. So Wonder tell us, Hell. Okay, where did, how did you come up with that name? Okay, so you know those moments where you've succeeded, you've done something, whether you've you know sold the company or sold like your first you know, tube of lipstick, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you, are, you are feeling the success. It's amazing. It's exciting. It's humbling. It's wonderful. And you see this version of yourself of like, could I do more? And in that moment, it's anxiety provoking. It's stressful. It's uncertain. It's, it's hell because the burden of your potential walks in and goes, Hey Jeff, what you got for me? Are you going to live into this newfound you that you didn't even know existed last week, last month, or last year? Mm. Are you going to let it pass you by? That burden of potential you feel in specific uh, connection to how much you can imagine your possibility. So the bigger your imagination and the bigger your, 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 your ambition, the more burden you feel. It's wonder hell. I love the title. And that is out, when is the book coming out? It's out April 4th. And I interviewed 100 different people, glass ceiling shatters, Olympic medalists, startup unicorns, because I wanted to know how to get through this moment when I was in it. And here's what I learned. There's no getting through it. There's only getting comfortable in it. Because on the other side of this wonder hell, it's just the next one and the next one. And then if you're lucky, the next one after that. Okay. So let me ask you, because you're climbing a new mountain now and you- I'm in wonder hell about wonder hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was going to say. There's a certain irony in it because you, you can't fall into the same trap that you did the last time mm-hmm. because in the speaking world, you know, there's always that person who's at a different level sure. than you. Um, how do you know when you've arrived or is the idea just to enjoy the ride? You know, I, I Mel Robbins was very uh, generous to provide a blurb for this book and she says, lucky for you, here's Laura Gassner Odding. And it was great. But Mel, of course, is like, who do I look up to? I look up to her. She's farther along in the path. But Mel works 24-7. She works all the time. She is constantly going, going, going. And I don't actually know that that's what I want. I want parts of what she does. I want the impact that she does. I'd love the following that she has. But I don't know that I want the life that she has. And so I have to stop and ask myself, what do I want? What is successful, right? How much impact do I want to make? How many days do I want to be on, on the road? What kind of lifestyle do I want? And what does that lifestyle cost? And how hard do I need to work to get that lifestyle? Right. Instead of bigger, better, faster, more, constantly trying to just keep going and going and going, you know, Wonder Hell is based around this idea of a, an amusement park. You think it's going to be fun. It's going yes. to be amazing. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon, the sun's beating down on you and you're kind of sunburned and the corn dog in your stomach is, you know, maybe making a break for the egg. Exit. And you're like, this was supposed to be fun. And I feel like success is the same. It was supposed to be fun. It was supposed to get easier. And it doesn't. So the book is based around Imposter Town, Doubtsville, and Burnout City. And there's one um, in particular, one ride in each of the towns, the, 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 the merry-go-round. And the merry-go-round is that moment where you say, is it enough? Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Am I home enough to be with my family? If I'm not, what's the point? So in addition to the, you know, the roller coaster and things going faster and growing and being exciting, there's also a moment where you say, I don't want to get burned out. I want to make sure I'm still bringing all of who I am to everything I do. Yes. So we have to stop and say, well, why? Why am I doing it? And is all of the go, go, go answering that why? Or am I falling into the limitless trap of somebody else's version of success? Are you are you able to enjoy the ride that you're on right now? Because I have- I'm I mean... having a great time. <laughs> I'm having a great time. But, you know, the book comes out on April 4th. And yeah. so I'm, I'm in the midst of pushing, pushing, pushing. And so sure. I'm having a great time now. Yeah. 
Will it continue to be a great time? I don't know. I'm going on a trip with my family at the end of June, and I've already warned them I'm probably going to limp onto the plane. <laughs> <laughs> but there are seasons. So this is the season of my life where I'm ready to go, 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 knowing that there's a season that's going to come where I get to just take a pause. Yes. Okay. We're going to go to her media page, which I urge you to do as well. But there's this wonderful um, kind of a, a gif, if you will, on your on your media page. What was it like? I mean, good morning, America, the Today Show. I mean, you've been to the top. So if I could tell you a secret, the very first interview I ever gave of my life about Limitless and the very first interview I ever did on television was the Today Show. Wow. Yeah. You didn't start in some local, like, Scranton. <laughs> go, go figure, go home, right? So when I first got it, it was very funny because I said to my husband, I'm like, what am I going to do? And he's like, I said, I said, I'm just going to pretend it's like, good morning, Poughkeepsie. And he's like, I got news for you. Good morning, Poughkeepsie would probably be terrifying too as your very first talk. <laughs> and so um, but here's the thing. Professionals like you mm -hmm. are so good that it wasn't that I was great on the show. It's that they were great. And so I just put myself in their hands. I think if I would have vomited on myself, they would have been like, turn to camera one, clean her up, turn to camera two. Okay, we're back. Actually, that would have gone viral. I mean, that would have gone viral. But they were so good. They like the, the producers take care of you and they help you think about it. like they they are they don't want people that are super polished, you know, every single word in our honest script. They want an authentic interview, sure. even though so much of it is pre-scripted. So I I feel very lucky that I was in the hands of incredible producers and people who are very good storytellers. So very early on in my career, I was able to have that, to, to feel that. And so I think a lot of us, if I had gotten that invitation when I was younger and maybe a little bit less confident, having done a little bit less in my career, I would have said, no, 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 I'm not ready. They'll call me back in a month. And I would have said no, and I would have missed the opportunity. So uh, I just believe if you do interesting things with interesting people, interesting opportunities arise. And so it doesn't get much more interesting no. than like, Three million people are watching. <laughs> you are incredible. Be careful. <laughs> You're so blessed, and I know you know that. Yes, uh, yes. We'll get, we've got about two minutes left, so please look into the viewer's eyes and give them some final words, final thoughts. Oh, so here are my final thoughts. If you are in a moment where you are thinking, I don't know if I could do it, I'm not so sure I could do it, I want you to think about whether or not you would rather live with the regret of not trying or the embarrassment of failure. And before we talk about the embarrassment of failure, you should know my favorite quote by Eleanor Roosevelt is, you would think much less about what other people thought about you if you realized how seldomly they did, which means nobody's paying attention. Your failure is not finale, it's fulcrum. It's the place where you learn and you grow and you iterate and you change. So try to live a little bigger, try to go after the thing that you really want and wonder how I say that voice inside your head that's saying, oh my God, you haven't done this before is really a voice saying, you haven't done this before. It's an invitation, not a limitation. Wow. What a great show. <laughs> uh, she's one of the guests that I know. I could probably have slipped her a note saying, I'm going to go to the bathroom, go and come back 15 minutes later, and she, you'd still be carrying the show. So we're going to end with her website, which is lauragastneraudding.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. This has been great fun. You bet. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.